This Romeo is bleeding, but you can't see his blood. It's nothing but some feelings that this old dog kicked up. It's been raining since you left me. Now I'm drowning in the flood. You see, I've always been a fighter, but without you, I give up. I can sing a love song like the way it's meant to be. Well, I guess I'm not that good anymore, but baby, that's just me. And I will love you, baby, always. That's it. That's it? That's it. We could do the whole show. Just do the whole album, man. <laughs> I was waiting I for Jordan to kick in. I don't even know the lyrics. Why didn't Jordan kick in? Oh, I know the song. I know, I know, but he should. I was waiting for him to I kick I could have kept going. I know. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics to that song. I know the song. But. I actually just uh, sang this to Danielle the other day, and she loves the song, too. Really? Oh, that was a great opener. Thank, Thank you very much, gentlemen. I appreciate it, man. This is awesome. Welcome. I know it's been a little arm twisting to get in, get you guys in here. Just being yeah. a little bitch. I don't I made know it why. Out. And why? then I didn't even ask Jordan. I just sent him just the told date, him? and I said, Jordan, you ready or what? And we talked about it last night, actually, or yesterday. He ignored me all weekend because he didn't want to respond to it to confirm whether he's coming or not. <laughs> what was the fear? Like, why everyone is, I'll just be honest, everyone's nervous at first about getting on the mic, and then once we start talking about construction, it's all relaxed, man. No, I don't think we were afraid. I just think we, were, we, we thought we just weren't ready. Uh, we wanted to have our, our website up and running and all that. Just to validate who we are, but uh, I guess our work will speak for itself on yeah, our yeah, social media. Exactly. 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 Before we happen, were taking right? it too seriously, like have all the ducks in a row, and I said, you know what, this is all about just doing it, getting comfortable. Get comfortable, <laughs> no, no, get get comfortable and just leave the mic where you want to leave it. So then I, I get your 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 audio, no problem. It's all good there, okay? So everyone, welcome. It's assembly without an e. You got it. Assembly Inc. without an e, right? You got it. What are we going to talk about? I always joke. We're going to talk about tile, right? No, 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 no. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about... Whatever you want. How do you guys label it? Home integration? Home... Uh, I'd say we're primarily lighting. Okay, lighting. home technology. But lighting to a whole other level. Custom, this isn't, So we're told, yeah. This isn't a 60-watt bulb with a little chain pull on it. No. You got it. This is not... That's what we're talking Definitely about. Definitely not. It's high-level lighting. Jordan's entire background is in lighting. A lot longer than I and have And the been purpose in behind lighting. Oh, the you could science, start rambling. The science, you can ramble about it. Don't get me started, get started. That's why I'm so interested in, in how this whole integration and how like, lighting is massive, man. So I've got the, the film background, too. Lighting is paramount to me when I got into construction, man. It's huge. And then you tell clients this, and it's like a deer in a headlight, man. Exactly. They don't really understand it. But then they see it. Our packages are not cheap. We are a premium product. We do very unique, cool stuff. To most people, it's like lighting. You go, you go buy a $10 puck light, 4K, uh, but there are some that's people, not lighting that's not lighting but our clients <laughs> Slim, the yeah. clients that we sell you know two three hundred thousand dollar packages they already love lighting they already appreciate lighting so we're a good fit they get it and they see the value in it but to somebody who doesn't see the value it is a tough sell or the or their interior designers will render out like a, you know, an amazing space with all the latest and greatest and you know like okay well how do we achieve that look how do we execute that um so that's when kind of a lot of people come to us that's your wheelhouse exactly um Linear lighting specifically is where we, we, we shine. Uh, we do a lot of cool downlighting too. Uh, human-centric systems we're tapping into now as well. Wait, what is that? Human-centric lighting taps into like your circadian rhythm. So fully tunable fixtures. So oh. you've got the whole white spectrum as well as RGBW. Oh, we're sorry, RGB, oh, we're which is full talking color. about that, man. Yeah. And this is Ketra cool. lighting by Lutron. So yeah, we, we picked up Ketra from Lutron uh, because we believe you know Lutron is uh, kicking some ass. 
I gotta ask you guys. I want to get to the deets. We're gonna get all to all that stuff. I don't mean to interrupt you, uh, but I will. I usually do sure. that. Um, I saw somebody use a fake Lutron dimmer switch that looked like a flat airplane toggle on the side. What is that, man? A flat airplane toggle. It, it kind of you know how Lutrons is just a little. Well, they they've advanced it, but in the early days, it was just that one little toggle that goes up and down right? oh got it the diva yeah got and it. that was way what are you talking like a decade or so ago right yeah. but i saw one that had like wings on it so it was that little toggle and then it had wings on top and bottom is that just a knockoff version of what's it's going probably on? like an accessory uh, is that what it is yeah it's probably a different brand yeah. It, yeah it was just it Level. felt like I, it looked weird and it felt weird to me when i was grabbing it and i was like okay but i just i, I deviate so assembly a s s m b l y inc you guys are the owners. It's on Instagram at assembly, spelled the same way, Inc. on uh, Instagram. And then the email is info at assemblyinc.com. I've got Nuno on the left. I've got uh, Jordan on the right. You got it. And we're going to talk about this whole integration and the lighting and all the other stuff. I want to let everybody know I'm wearing Ben's shirt, the Chase uh, Contracting from out west. We did a show recently with him. Uh, I, I can't stop apologizing to him because I, I messed up by forgetting my my laptop uh, charger. And we ran out of power on the laptop. And we only had an hour-long show. But he's itching to get back on the show. And we're going to talk. And hopefully he can possibly convince his dad, who's just recently out of the business, to get on the, the mic so we can do another show with him, continuing the conversation about concrete forming out west. Because that's fascinating. He brought up some really interesting points regarding trades and compensation and just uh, the future of construction. So thank you for the tea. I appreciate that. Now let's get started with assembly, man. Sure, definitely. Where do we want to begin? Where do we want to start? So yeah, like we said, I think we specialize in lighting. That's where it all started. But we're really like a full turnkey solution where we start off from the drafting, the AutoCAD, the draft work, lighting design, lighting, lighting control design, which is Jordan's uh, forte. Uh, so we start off with the design. We supply and install all of, all of our products, goods, and services from custom architectural linear lighting, catcher lighting by Lutron, all kinds of lighting, whatever you could imagine. To some degree, we could achieve it. Jordan has a background in like DMX club lighting and stuff, right? Which is very like technical uh, stuff, which in residential, it, it wouldn't really apply. So we go from the lighting. We're also uh, Lutron Homeworks dealers. So we're top tier. We have access to pretty much all of Lutron's products which uh, they do the lighting controls. They pretty much invented the dimmer. They are the pioneers of lighting control, and we're honored to be a part of that team. They make really good products. The company is structured very well. They have a lot of really nice products, aesthetics, and it, it just works. And I think that's their slogan, right, is it just works. But where was the nucleus? Like, where did it all start, guys? Because not you're in a niche, right? And sure. you're in a upper echelon niche right like well, you're, you're trying to, yeah everyone's everyone you got a certain to be there, clientele yeah. right like when i start talking to any clients about upgrading this kind of stuff they love it they want it they see the estimate they walk away of course it's just it's very challenging but they don't really see the overall benefit behind it there's a lot of health and mental behind behind this all the stuff of but course. where was it the original for you guys what was it that happened in your construction careers that make you guys go we need to focus on this we need to really build this up and work on this uh for me it, it didn't really uh work that way it kind of just happened it was okay. kind of an accident covid was kind of the driving factor for me to switch into residential my primary my primary uh Space before COVID was uh, a lot of hospitality lighting, nightclubs, um, commercial high-rise. I did some consulting and patrolling as well. So I used to do a lot of fixture development, spec, specification design, worked with like Philips on a few projects as well. Um, 
and then I had, a, I had a friend that asked me to uh, work on his house, and uh, during kind of pre-COVID, and uh, just kind of stemmed from there. I kind of enjoyed doing residential. I love being creative. I don't like to stick to like you know just putting lights everywhere, and that's that's what kind of what commercial high rise was. So I wasn't able I wasn't able to kind of explore my creative side. And when I did uh, a few residential projects after that, I kind of realized, hey, you know what? I can do whatever I want here. I have full creative you know, control. Um, I can influence the project to you know, whatever degree I want within a budget, obviously, at the time. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then ever since then, uh, just been chasing the residential market. And it's been growing slowly, slowly, but it's been great. Nice. I'm happy with it so far. And what about you? Where's... Like this company? Yeah. How did you get all get into it? I mean, well, you, I didn't, you didn't start in lighting, right? So that that project that he's talking about that he did, a colleague of ours was the builder there. Um, so I met Jordan on that job. From then, we've used Jordan on other projects. We kind of just became friends. Like we kind of hit it off. And um, the concept was there. The idea was there. I was never a, a technology guy. I was in construction my whole life, but the rougher construction, like I've done bricklaying, roofing, concrete forming, done multiple renovations. I used to just do renovations before. Um, work light. That's all you had is a work light. I didn't know fuck all about lighting. <laughs> all my renovations I've done prior to me. You went Jordan. from work light to like a halogen light to an LED work light. Yeah, doing my rentals, I put in like a 4K You went from slim. work light to a slim. To <laughs> to a sli- yeah, it's a slim case. Yeah. Before I met Jordan, all my rentals, I used to think I was so cool putting in 4K slim puck lights. <laughs> I thought I was so cool. I didn't know what else was out there in lighting. Uh, so, you know, he opened up the doors for that to me and um, just felt like there was something there. So Jordan um, was like a one-man show. So we'd hire him to do the projects. We would help out with the installation. We kind of just developed a friendship and you know, we worked together at certain capacity. And then um, I see that he had a problem he needs solved. And I kind of had a problem, which I just got tired of renovations because it's like everybody builds, everybody's in the trades. It's like a race to the bottom. Unless you do something very uniquely where you could demand your value, your worth, it's just tough. There's a million painters, drywallers, builders, guys who renovate, and it was just, it, it didn't fit for me. I've, for me, I just felt like there were, I needed to pivot yeah. somehow. And I saw an opportunity. We solved each other's problems. We started working together. We officially launched Assembly in March of 2021. So it's been under two years. And at first, I was skeptical because these systems and technologies lighting come with a heavy price tag. So I was... Before we invested too much time and effort, I wanted to test the concept. Well, to be honest, in this last year and a half, the concept has been tested well over. Uh, so now I'm like all in, fully committed, and it's been a journey. The market embraced it. It embraced it, yes. There is a demand for it, definitely. Oh, and, I, and I agree with you. And I, I want to start with, listen, I'm not a fan of creating little pyramids of books and burning them and all this other stuff, but I wish that we could put a pyramid of slims and burn all those yeah, things. I agree. We're on the same <laughs> page. I'll, I'll light the match with you. I just can't. When they came on the market, I hated them. Electricians loved them, and I hated them. And it doesn't matter how many electricians I spoke to, they try to convince me and sell me on them and everything. I was like, you guys are not selling me. I hate these things. These things are ugly. You can't focus. You can't work with them. You can't direct them. You can't do And then now, I guess recently, they're pivoting now. So they're They have the gimbaled ones. Gimbal yeah. versions of the Oh, that's like a step up. Yeah, but I mean, it's... They it's still need to be burned down garbage. as well. I just... They're, they're garbage. So when you guys are talking to a client and, like, you guys are doing lighting to a different degree, right? Where does it begin? Like, how do you guys start talking to your clients about lighting that understand the purpose behind this lighting? That's a good question. Up um, until now, we've... 
operated pretty much word of mouth. Um, so people, when people get brought to us, they're already looking for something. We work with architects, our friend Marin from Contempo Studio, uh, designers. They're typically the ones bringing us in or making the connections. So their clientele already have, if you're hiring a designer and you're doing a high-end project, you kind of have a sense of the importance of lighting. So typically, it's not like we're doing a tough sell to the bottom. Typically, there's already... But like they're behind, there. like they're beyond... Okay, we need 12 pot lights here. They have to be exactly three and a half feet away from the wall here, from the cabinet. They have to be lined up and balanced. On it. Like, we're beyond that shit. A, a lot of the, like like uh, Nuno said, these interior designers, they'll, they'll spec specifier put into the design or renders, let's say. A lot of it's conceptual renders, um, nothing too technical. Um, and they'll do a lot of, you know, they'll mix linear lighting with down lights and some pendants, chandeliers, stuff like that. Are they doing Pantone markers and showing exactly <laughs> cascades of like where the light is going? Are they going that extreme? Like, I mean, I would love In the see. renders, yeah. I mean, the renders are rendering everything. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Nowadays, yeah. renders are getting a lot more uh, photorealistic, yeah. more detailed uh, to a degree, depending on the firm. Um, but I, I think a lot of clients, what they do is they go on Pinterest, social, you know, like on social platforms. They kind of look at lighting. They look at the space as yeah, a, like a, a holistic view. And they like they like linear lighting. It's very popular. But do they I, understand I that there's Europe. a little bit of photoshopping going on in these images that are? Being I don't made? think so. No, not always. No. But there is kind of a little bit of Photoshop going on in these images, right? Tons of Photoshop. It's all it's all photo. Uh, sorry, computer. Yeah. So when they right? show you the image and they have strip lighting, or they have accent lighting, they have detail lighting, and all this other stuff, that image has been manipulated. Hundred yeah. percent. But now you guys build it as per present it. We, 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 we typically can get to 95, 99% accuracy on a render if okay. the budget's there. I guess my question was more about the people that you guys are working with. What is it in their lives that they finally said, listen, I want lighting. I don't want a halogen bulb. I don't want a incandescent bulb. I'm beyond that. I want lighting that will give me what I feel like when I come home from work and I've had a bad day. What I feel like when I want to just chill out with the family and watch a movie. I want lighting. Like, I want emotional lighting. That's what I'm assuming is you guys are going like you're talking to clients that want emotional lighting. I think it's more aesthetics. As you know, Canada's yeah. always the last one to the party. So in Eastern Europe, a lot of architects and inspiration that we follow from, you know, Europe and Eastern Europe, they have tons of linear lighting, tastefully done. The lighting is very important. It's a critical part of these builds and renovations. And Canada is just catching on now. So we're kind of like at the forefront, I think. Because of the price? Or is it? Supply? I don't think it's price. I just think it's the market, right? Uh, a lot of the product in Europe, Eastern Europe, uh, there's a lot of certification uh, kind of hurdles. A lot of brands are. How can we get around that? I'm tired of Canada saying we can't sell this product because it's not. It hasn't it's been like tested. It's certified. Or, yeah, it's all yeah, crap. CSA. I can't stand it, man. Yeah. There's well, no way around that? It's there for a reason. No, there is no way around it. Definitely. If you want to bring a product in and it's high voltage, it needs to be obviously ESA, CSA certified. Sorry, not ESA. CSA certified, CSA, yeah. UL certified. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of great products on the market now. Um, linear lighting, uh, we specialize in that, but we, we are going to be launching our own linear lighting brand in, next year. So it's strictly uh, linear profiles, aluminum, yeah, and uh, a lot of linear strip lighting as well, which is pretty cool. The profiles themselves, are you guys offering a, a variety of different tones or just drywall, mud in, things all like different that. All different applications. So we even custom develop, get 3D molds, develop our own. We've done, um, we've done, developed a few of our own already, yeah. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. We go right to the so we, we do like flange, flangeless, suspended, surface, um, mount. surface mount, do pretty much everything. We have about 400 plus right now, different profiles. So probably the biggest. Uh, we're going after some of the, the big guys, uh, not to name any, any names, but... Uh, 
we're going to be probably we'll probably have one of the largest selections. Well, I mean, you guys are handling the products, so you guys yeah. are seeing if there's any faults or some things that are not working or could work better. Hundred so percent. Why not come up with new ideas? That's the great thing. Like you know, like you said, we're we're, we're designing, we're uh, supplying, we're installing. So we Which see. Which is key because our see competitors the issues. they sell the product, but then you rely on electricians to install it. Unless the electricians have experience with low voltage lighting, they usually butcher it. But there are a lot of electricians, mostly in the commercial world, that do have a lot of experience with this kind of lighting. Uh, but then it's just more layers, more points of contacts, more trades to deal with, where we literally offer a solution in-house, take full responsibility, one point of contact. And to a lot of people, there's a lot of value in that. Is there a stigma? Because I remember in the early days of linear lighting and, and having to deal with drivers. And and if you didn't crimp or connect. Or, a lot could go wrong. A lot of it is. And um, it just left a bad taste to a lot of electricians. If a light goes out, you literally have to trace every connection, yeah. everything that could possibly have Are gone wrong. beyond that? Is that done or no. is, it's still there? That's craftsmanship. You got to know what you're doing. Okay. All right. And when you install, it's not just put it up and then, uh, you know, the house is moving ready. Then you turn everything on and something's not working. Now the wires are behind the wall. It's like we set up our tables. We test it before we solder it, before we connect it. We're testing every step of the way to eliminate human error. And if there's no human error, chances are it works. The warranties are good. The products that we use are good. A lot that could go wrong is human error. I get it. I understand it. But I all mean, of it that goes wrong is human error. I mean, the product much. is faulty. It's obviously going to fail over time, uh, but we obviously replace it. And we make sure that the product is accessible and it is able to be Serviceable. replaced. Um, are so, you guys having a hard time finding electricians that are a little more finesse? Because I'm assuming that when you're installing this kind of product, you got to take your rough wiring hat off and put your surgeon hat on because it is a different world. We handle the roughing, so we rough in all the low, everything on the low voltage side. We oh, handle wow. okay, and we'll even we'll even mount the panels. We install the drivers in the panel, okay. program everything, get it ready. We program the drivers too because it's all done on constant current, not constant voltage. One source. You guys are bringing it to one source. Exactly. We so come in ideally before the electricians. We design the system, mount the panels, mount the drivers in the enclosures, do everything coming out of the driver to the light source. The only thing the electricians need to do is power up our drivers or our panels. So just wire the Romex to the driver and that's it. And then we take that's care it. of the rest. And you guys are factoring in all the math calculated Absolutely. for each exactly. driver. L for voltage each drop. Uh, Total yeah. load control. Load How big are the schedules? drivers getting these days? I mean, I mean, I've been, I've watched them grow and grow and grow, and still <laughs> stay the same size. And they're, they're pretty small now. But are, pretty tiny. are they still getting smaller than an iPhone? Really? Huh? Yeah, some of them. Oh. Yeah. Powering how much can you get out of that? I mean, based on code, you know, UL code, uh, you can't go past uh, ninety-six watts on a class two. Okay. For, for constant uh, voltage, so DC. What's the reason behind volt? that? Heat. Uh, I I don't really know. I never, I never, ah, I never dug that deep to, rules, right? I never dug that deep to kind of find out. Yeah. Just kind of follow the rules and, you know, color within the lines. Um, not that I've never colored outside of the lines before, but uh, that's a different story. We uh, all have, but yeah. we got back into the line and now everything's exactly. fine. That's all it is. There's always a way around. I mean, if you need a high-powered uh, driver box, you can definitely do that. You can build it based on uh, ESA's kind of uh, requirements. Go through eSafe and get a uh, field evaluation done. Done that before in the past as well. So if we require a, you know 500 watt driver enclosure, can definitely be done. But in a residential uh, application, we don't really do that. Uh, the you high wouldn't water, really need to do that. Not really, no, because I mean the, the LEDs are getting a lot more efficient and the efficacy is getting higher. Uh, so 
the requirement for a high-powered driver is going to eventually be a thing of the past, I think. I think that's the way it's going. Not just that. It's kind of the way that we install it. If you've got like a 20-foot piece of linear track mudded into the ceiling and let's say there's like six LEDs there, we're home running each light back to the enclosure where the driver is. So one of our lights that go on a track is about 26 watts. So just to keep inventory and everything simple, we just use the 96-watt magnitude drivers. And magnitude is uh, USA-made. It's North American best drivers on the market and we just work within those thresholds so one driver powers three of those lights if you have strip lights then we just got to do the calculation and make sure that the wires are on correctly it's a lot of strategizing it's very strategic cables need to be in the right place they need to be done properly i was just gonna ask and like, we work how, do, within how do you home run the first run past all other five runs to get to the end point without building up so much wire as everything can. gets roughed in behind the drywall we don't jump it or daisy chain it. We oh. home run everything. Oh, wow. So you actually have your light run, then you come out of the channel, go through the drywall, and go to your source for each strip? So first we would box in the track. We'd Got run the low-voltage cables, put them in the right yeah, place, post drywall before mudding. Yeah. We would install the profile with the LED in, put like a sacrificial cover on the, um, on the track so the that profile. it doesn't get full of mud. <clears throat> and then every light source would home run back to the enclosures where the drivers live. And that's where we wire and calculate in. Are we done with dots? Because I remember the same. Oh, yeah. We are. Okay. Yeah, I not, not everybody. I assume assembly is. Yes. But I remember the same electricians having the same conversations about the slim lines going, oh, no, no, we got, we got linear light for you. I go, I see dots, man. And I'm waiting for the Pac-Man to show up here. Like, <laughs> I don't need to see dots. So we're yeah. done with dots now. We are, right? yeah, definitely. Okay. All, all, we, we design our own LED linear strips as well. Some projects require a specific type of LED, color temperature, we can tune it in down to, you know, our color temperature Kelvin, the CCT. Uh, we can get we can do it in 100, 100 CCT in increments if necessary with our factory, which is pretty cool. So if a designer's requesting like a, they have a light source from like like in light, right? For instance, your exterior lighting, in light runs. I think their exterior lighting at twenty seven ninety Kelvin, I believe, and uh, you know we can tune it in. We can match an in light. What's the magic number that designers and homeowners are asking for these days in residential? Uh, three twenty-seven to thirty-five is kind of the range. Yeah, all right. Most mostly three thousand though. Okay. Yeah. So definitely on the mid warm absolute scale, right? That's like soft white. Yeah. Yeah. Call it, I call it soft white. Warm white. Nice. I call it twenty-seven. Now and natural. But, but your be. product, you can still ride it if you wanted to get to four thousand, get to a cooler blue if you wanted it to be that way. Like, uh yeah we could do tunable as well okay we don't do a lot of it to be honest uh just because of budget constraints when you get into the tunable lighting it's a lot price points are a lot higher and the drivers are different or everything stays the same Drivers are the same yeah same you just need a controller kind of like a decoder that will allow you to do tunable but i know that you guys and you need a control system that can obviously ha you know, handle it right and you could control it's all app enabled like you guys are setting up or source. We we use Homeworks, yeah. Okay, we use Lutron Homeworks. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so then you. I mean, Savant and Crestron Control Four, they can all do uh, tunable light as well. Um, I mean, they all can. Pretty much most most companies can. Advantage as well. Um, so it just really depends what you want, what you're using. You have to specify the right products. Pre-program everything as well too. Of course, yeah. Definitely test it first. But I think I think that's where it's going. I mean, the, the future of lighting is going to be tunable, tunable eventually. Um, it's pretty common now. You even buy these ceiling tile light fixtures. They're all tunable between 3,000, 4,000. Yeah, I mean, they're feel selectable. You could check the, select what color numbers you want. But So I, I want to go into some key rooms. Uh, before, 
Hang on, let me before we do that, let me do a little history in, constru in construction here, guys. Uh, there's no right or wrong here. There's no test, and there's definitely no cash prizes. All right, so just everyone's aware of that. Uh, process to home automation, remote control invented in. When do you guys think it was uh, invented, that remote control? And it was invented by our, the young gentleman. I, you might recognize his name, Nikola Tesla. Hmm. 1898, he first invented a remote control. Wow. wow. Used radio waves to control a toy boat. Home appliances. Between 901 and 1920, many appliances were invented from the engine-powered vacuum cleaner to refrigerators, washing machines, irons, and toasters. Still to use to this date. Now you can spend on, what is it, Smeg? Smeg is like a a $500 toaster? Yeah, I believe so. What the <laughs> fuck? My, my wife bought me one. It's uh, toast, serious? man. Yeah, it's I have a black toast. If anybody would have one, it's you. It's toast, man. <laughs> I mean, we only got it because it was matte black. Give and me a plumber's torch, man, and I'll toast well, it. Well, she bought it used. On, uh, not used, sorry. <laughs> on Kijiji, she got a, a deal on it, so... Uh, kitchen computer in 1969, the Echo 4 kitchen computer was introduced. So that's getting closer. Microprocessors invented in 1971, the year I was born. Uh, it caused the price of electronics to fall dramatically when it started. Uh, <coughs> smart home for, uh, was 1984. That's when it all started. The clapper. Remember the clapper? Oh, yeah. Clap on. <laughs> yeah. 1996. Uh, that's when it was invented. Millennial, Millennium House uh, opened in 1998. Uh, it was a show home demonstrating how a home could be automated with computer control and heating, security, and lights, doors, and gardens. So I wanted to go through rooms after rooms because we're so used to, we're so familiar, pots and electrician having this theory of thirds or whatever it is. Like this is how you calculate where the location of pots are. I've always argued with electricians saying that I don't care what it looks like on the ceiling. I care about what the light source is doing to the surface. Exactly. That's where light Goes. Speaking your language. In a perfect world where right? you have your floor plans, you have your interior design, you have your furniture laid out and selected, you would work with that, but that's not always the case. So I guess it's a fail-proof way of doing it. If you just grid the ceiling with light, you're going to cover light everywhere, right? It's a basic way of doing it. It's a sta That's a stadium way. If you want to light a stadium, that's what you do. You throw light everywhere. <laughs> I know, but a home is but not uh, a stadium. A home exactly. is, a, is a, a, a bunch of rooms with tasks. Exactly. And I, I'm really... Every room has a purpose. Yeah, bathrooms and vanity. Light. Like, I mean, I, I can't stand when a client says, sure, just throw the single bulb right over the mirror at the top of the ceiling where it's like, what's it going to serve? Absolutely nothing. Doesn't make any sense, right? So you have to look at the, the purpose of the light and the purpose Absolutely. of the room. 100%. So kitchens are critical. Masters are critical, especially if it's a you know couple master and you have his and hers or his and his or whatever. You like you need to focus on where this light and the purpose behind it. We're starting to see a lot more light going into showers. I mean, at the beginning of my construction career, it was like one pot light in the middle of the shower, and then all of a sudden everyone would scratch their head. Well, they want a rain head, and I'm like, okay, this is pretty simple. Two pot lights now. And you start going from that point and you start figuring out, well, two pot lights cast a shadow over the rain head. And then you cut, then you create problems. It's no different than trying to set up lighting. Like in this studio, you have certain lights that are hitting like the behind you, behind me, in front of me, in front of you. And then a key source, like that's how lighting should be in your home. So when you do come home, you blink and you look at your house and you're like, holy shit, it's Pinterest in here. It looks legitimately like Pinterest. Exactly. And now I feel that's where it goes to emotional lighting. So where do you guys begin? And let's let's pick the toughest room right now, the kitchen. How uh -huh. does the lighting start in the kitchen with you guys? Kitchen, uh, okay. Well, kitchen, kitchen. You're, you're right. It is a tough space because uh, people spend a lot of time in their kitchen. They you know they cook. You require task lighting for that. Obviously, well, you need most a lot of light cook for cooking. And others uh, Uber eats, right? So exactly. <laughs> you display. enter. You entertain. They display. Um, yeah. 
So it's kind of like a multi-purpose room, I believe. So what we do is uh, we typically, you know, if there's if there's a an interior package complete already, uh, we'll take a look at it. If we have an issue with it, we'll dissect it. We'll talk to the interior designer, suggest what we think is work would work best in the space. Doesn't uh, always go well. No, not always. That was my uh-huh. question. I was going to ask: Is how savvy are the interior designers getting to this? Because you almost seem like you have to design an a lighting interior designer class. Well, you got to hire. Li- Am I stupid to say that? Typically, you hire a lighting designer, right? Yeah, I yeah might, like the totally different wheelhouse. Um, but interior designers, they you know they do go to school, obviously college, university, whatever, and uh, they study. They do get a, an introductory to lighting. That's for sure. They 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 they, they do have a, an understanding of light. Lighting designers kind of go a little bit further with it, um, but there are, there are there are there are some li- interior designers that do a pretty good job, um, and you know we've come across we've worked we work with quite a few that uh, we're pretty happy with it. We don't do make too many suggestions or adjustments, but uh, typically we like to have full control. Um, so we ask for the architectural package. People actually usually hire us for design as well. We do that in house, so we'll do all the layouts. We'll ask for the furniture layout if there is one. That helps us kind of determine placement of the island, cabinetry, all that stuff. Um, so, um, you know, we'll design we'll, di- we'll design with, the you know, the three layers of light, light in mind. You know, you got your task lighting, ambient lighting, yep. and direct decorative, right, which yep. is your chandeliers, your pendants, stuff like that. So with those three principles in mind, you know, we will start the design process. Typically, we do, you know, two, three designs max. Usually, we hit, it right, we hit the nail right on the head on the first uh, iteration. Because like Nuno said before, a lot of clients come to us because they're looking for something specific. And, you know, they like what we do and they come to us specifically and that's what they want. So um works out pretty well. Is there a, a one, two, three or two, one, three? Because I'm glad that you brought up the three key lighting in any kitchen application. Where is you've got your main ambient lighting, you've got your pendant chandelier lighting, you've got your task lighting underneath the cabinets or what have you. Of then there's a fourth or fifth or whatever, depending on your range, your cooking and, and whatever. Um, but do you guys look at it as like a one, two, three, one's more important than the other? Or it's basically what you guys are designing for that situation so if you're preparing food for a meal this is where the lighting is going to be and then when you're presenting the meal and everyone's eating the kitchen's off to the side it's toned down and this is what the kitchen's going to look like this is what the kitchen's going to look like in the morning this is what's going to look like in the evening you guys are thinking about all those little details 100 and that's all contributing to the lighting design at that point you right so how does it okay do you guys fight because you don't get into practicals do you and when i say practical i mean a pendant like an actual fixture you guys get into that world? We don't. We don't specify fix, uh, fixtures. So decorative lighting, we kind of stay out of it. Okay. Usually, but you guys have to we'll work around those. But we work fixtures. with it. Yeah. We we incorporate it. We account for it. Can I ask you guys a question? Because you probably have had <clears throat> many more conversations about this. At what height should a pendant be placed over an island? Oh, depends, depends on the pendant. Depends on the beam angle, right? It depends what? on the pendant. The beam uh, angle. What do you mean beam angle? Like the beam angle, the beam angle of the light. Got no. Is it really about the? Beam angle? Well, I mean, it depends on the, on the pendant, right? The style, the type, uh, kind of about the beam angle, how the light is shining, the light source on the pendant, if it's directional or if it just sprays light everywhere. Um, to me, when I look at it, it's more like a shower head, and you got to look at the couple and whoever's using the room. And if you got one person six foot five and another person's five foot one, like where do you put that pendant? Where is it supposed to 100%, go? 100%, yeah. We definitely take a, take a look, take into account, obviously, the, the, the homeowner's uh, height and all that for sure. 
But because uh, the worst thing I I don't like is you're at a home and you're having you're entertaining and you've got this thing that's right at eye level blocking your view and you got to kind of look around it right so just like where do you put it but if you put it too high then it's not serving a purpose well I mean it, it, we well, what what I might think is right or what Nuno may think is right on a site and what we suggest to clients is not always what they want right yes so sometimes we'll we'll set I set a height and I've had clients say oh it's too high I want it lower. So they do want it in their, in, in their field of view, right? I don't like it. Uh, I don't recommend that, obviously, doesn't like make you sense. said. It doesn't make sense. They're entertaining you. in your kitchen and your island. You can't see. You're yeah, kind of looking around I it. I think it should be doesn't higher, work. right? But I mean, it, it's personal preference, really. Um, like I said, it's decorative, right? It doesn't really serve right. much it's, of it's a purpose. Much it's, it's just a, something to look at. If it's a, like a massive <clears> industrial <throat> china hat or something like that, it's a huge cylinder or something. That's different. If it's a, a slim kind of thing, it's different. So you could probably drop it a little bit. But 100%. Well, it my logic is, is like you want to illuminate the table. You don't want to splatter light And then all you can't it, forget right? that. Exactly. So if it's like a 35 degree beam angle, there is a calculation to the height that it would cover just the table where if you go too low, it'll be intense in the middle, right? You kind of want to disperse the light evenly on the surface that you're trying to light up. That gets me thinking about, and I know that this is just new to the market. Well, five or so, six years into the market, the illumination of countertops, right? So you're getting into ultra high end onyx and transparent stones and shit like that at, at that point would you need luminosity coming from the ceiling if your counter is illuminated 100 you'd still need it from the ceiling for sure you don't think that there would be enough luminosity no. coming from the bottom or is everyone it's gonna, gonna it's like gonna, gonna it's gonna underlight right yeah, yeah. it's not gonna get light from the top if you're reading so, i mean if, book, if you just had a slab of uh, onyx on your kitchen island it was a loop backlit right and you're cutting some you know, it's not vegetables. a practical light it's just a uh, an aesthetic light it's just a glow that's it's more a of a glow. decorative feature right yeah um it doesn't provide any task lighting or anything. You wouldn't really see the color of the steak if you only had the onyx on. So you still need downlights or pendants or no, some sort of point. chandelier. That's a very good point. Right? So where do you guys begin with your lighting then? So if you've got a typical kitchen and let's say there's a perimeter, three sides, alcove kitchen, and there's an island right in the middle, 10-foot island or whatever, where's all the strip lighting going? What do you guys design? You're designing a C-shape of, of a channel? Pretty much, yeah. Like yeah. a U-shape that's kind of been our staple. We started with these smaller projects. We would do the track light like a U shape around the island, how or a far full you rectangle. coming off the cabinets. How far are you coming off? We the would center it okay. between countertops. So if you got forty two yeah, inches, centered. okay. If you got forty two inches between your stove and your sink, we would do it right in the center. And in that area, that's where a lot of the magic happens. We would put something with a higher output, more lumens, more luminosity, more task lighting, and then around the sides or the back. We would use our cluster lights that have less just pin pin spots more for uh, just ambient lighting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they're still very just do like a combination powerful, of two. Yeah, we would focus more lighting between the sink and the and the range. So, what's the magic number if you've got? I guess most new kitchens now are nine footers, right? So, what's the amount of luminosity or lumens that we need coming from a nine foot height to get down in between a forty two inch space between cabinets and island? How much lighting do we need per square foot? Or is that uh, we got to bring out Siri and the calculator here? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm trying to get an idea because I know that you know lighting packages now, which is great. It's it's almost like a pack of smokes now. They got all these little warnings. They tell you all this shit that this light does, the color temperature, the lumen count, and the wattage, and everything like that. So it's like most most people don't care about that. I mean, you, you start talking. But about you cars, guys have to figure that yeah, out. We care definitely. Like that's important. Hundred percent. Because you could put something and it's not enough light. Exactly. Or it's too much light. But too much light, you can dim down. It's always too much light, and people depending on the client. They want it dimmed down. Nobody wants to be in a super bright house. Me personally, I don't either. So as long as it's dimmable. Per personal preference, but usually for for our task lighting in our in our linear uh, lighting or you know, linear tracks, 
we do put a lot of light. Like we have a st- specific strip light that we designed for a light bar that goes in our in our tra- track system. And that light that light bar, sorry, is approximately about just under five thousand lumens a meter. So it's quite a bit. That's twenty four watts per yeah. meter, five thousand lumens. Yeah, that one there. Yeah, that's a it's lot. Bright. That's so it's bright. very bright. So we designed that with that in mind uh, specifically, and it doesn't have a dot effect. Never right? got you, man. You got okay, you covered. Yeah, yeah, it does, man. <laughs> no dots. But uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of our brightest chip. Sorry, our brightest uh, linear light, um, and it, we're running that at ninety eight CRI. Okay. Um, and we're using a Bridgelux chip, which is. Uh, eliminates kind of the blue on the spectrum, the color spectrum. So a lot of people don't know that LEDs, and you know, they, they've got a lot of blue on this blue light in the spectrum. Like a halo, is it? A, no, it's uh, not the halo. It's, it's not visible to the eye, but um, that caught, you know, that affects your, you know, that affects your, your, your wellness, you know, your, your sleep pattern, your, your, it throws your circadian rhythm off. Yeah. So that's kind of where like tunable light fixtures now kind of, kind of why people are kind of going that route. Uh, so, if you so understand it. Jordan, tell people why this is important because I don't know how old you are. You're probably a, a few years on, younger than me, but I started learning it about a 10 years ago. I started realizing that it actually is true. This isn't fucking monkey business. Like, this is actually affecting you, your body. Well, you have this whole sleep, campaign right? now with your phones. You could yes. turn off the blue light at nighttime. Right? Yes. So, it is real. There is science to it. Of course, yeah. So, just like your phone, right? You've got, uh, you got the ability to go into you know, night mode or whatever you want to call yeah. it, right? A blanketed uh, kind of statement. With LEDs, it's the same thing. Your screens are LEDs. Um, being exposed to too much blue light, you know, um, is ba- it's not not that it's bad for you, but causes it has adverse effects on your body, your mind. So your your you know your brain's affected by light. Um, it affects your moods. Uh, you know, kind of everything everything that you do day to day. If you go into an office space, right, they usually have a high high Kelvin, four thousand to five thousand, typically. And that's just to energize you, keep you going, keep know, you, but I keep you working, trucking it, away. Hundred percent. So do I. Um, so that's typically it, right? You, you want to use a high Kelvin to kind of keep you energized, keep you going during throughout your workday. Um, and then you know, in the evenings, you kind of want to wind down. You want to warm up the warm up the space. You want to tap into uh, you know your three thousands, your twenty sevens, and even get as low as twenty two, two thousand. You know, late evening. Yeah. Now imagine if you have kids, so. Let's say you go and you install, uh, you know, fifty Sugar plus five thousand. Uh, you go and install. <laughs> They're two, not sleeping. You want to install two thousand? Uh, sorry, two hundred uh, slim pot, pot lights at four thousand Kelvin throughout the house. So right? no more Nyquil. We just use lighting. Exactly. <laughs> Is exactly. that what we're talking about here? Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, living under, uh, you know, a human centric lighting system in your home, it will. Help you but put people your kids don't to sleep. even realize it. Eh? No, they don't because it's not mainstream, right? It's not. It's not talked about. I'm actually but, very uh, curious. So Lutron's Catcher Lighting, like I want to actually put them in my house. I just haven't done it yet because there is a price tag to that. But light, you want to mimic the sun, which is the natural purest form of light. So in the morning, the skies are orange, right? High noon, everything's very bright. The sun is directly overhead. In the evening, the sky starts getting warm and orange again. You kind of want to follow that natural cycle. Best thing I ever did in my own personal home, and I try to push it onto other clients as well, skylights. On our longest 100%. days in the summer, sun is coming up at 5.30. That glow, that ambient that naturally comes through the skylight is so beneficial to your body, man. Yep. And there is a massive difference. Na- I have, natural light is the, is the best I've light source. I've got four skylights in my house, one Definitely. in the, the hallway, and uh, one in each bathroom, and then one in the, the closet. There's so much natural light coming through, and I love it. I, I really appreciate it. That's It's a huge health thing. Oh, yeah. You can't be natural light. I agree. 
So totally. it's funny that you say that. I'm you're vitamin D that. deficient, and really? I, I'm sure everybody is. Anyone living in Canada, yeah, yeah everyone's vitamin D. Yeah, most people are vitamin yeah. D deficient with the lifestyle, living in the city, just the whole way of life that we have now in Toronto. And yeah, you want to get as much of that natural light as possible for sure. Yeah, I mean, having having a tunable system in your own booster, you know, helps with your melatonin levels, uh, your you know your 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 mood. Um, your sleep cycle, so all those things, you know, people that suffer from insomnia, yeah. maybe it's because you're at work all day and you're under a 5,000 Kelvin uh, trougher. It might day, be. Right? It might that could be, be the case. Right? You're spending so, eight hours there. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people work from home now, right? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes, you know, if you're working from home, uh, a lot of people, like a lot of people are doing now, maybe they have 2,700 Kelvin uh, downlights in their home. Very warm. It's not ideal for a work, you know, work, a full work day. Just want to bump up that Kelvin, right? Keep you energized, keep you going. You don't have to drink as much coffee anymore. <laughs> um, so these are like little things you can think about. Um, so we're going to be talking a lot, of, a lot more about that. We're going to be obviously uh, promoting a lot more human-centric. We lead with um, fully tunable fixtures. So when we, when, we pr- when we design, you know, a home or a system, we're proposing uh, fully tunable right off the bat. So we kind of hit our clients with like a big ticketed number, all the bells and whistles, and then we work our way back. Do the clients understand where you guys are coming from or are they just uh, not always no but we, we there's sh- a lot of science behind it man. We, we love to show clients what's possible right yeah like these are the possibilities You'd be this doing is, them a disservice we shoot for don't. the moon right we shoot for the moon with every client we say hey here's a half a million dollar project package what do you think like blown away of course. Like, oh, well, this is a lot of money yeah um you know we have some some builders that come to us and say you know, the budget's like $30,000 for the lighting. I said, okay, no problem. Just give us some FaceTime with the client. Let us present some products and services and let's see what they, what they think. And uh, we present it to the client and all of a sudden their budget goes from 30000 to 200000 300000 350000 I always find that it's like right? that. Because, you know, unless you show them what's possible, yeah. they're not going to know. Here's Starts, the truth. Right? Yeah. Builders never put a line item for a low voltage or lighting. Rarely ever, to no, be honest. I mean, do. Some, some do. I and mean, for builders some, some. to push us and endorse for us, we're just adding more work to them. And if they're not billing that accordingly, uh, they don't want to deal with the headache. They'd rather just get their electrician to put some some slims up. Um, but we're very self-sufficient. We self-manage, right? So typically a lot of builders have a good experience with us because we handle everything from A to, B, a to Z, which is nice. So we hear that a lot. Like, there's no budget for that. Well... Give us some FaceTime with your clients because they probably don't even know that this is an option. They probably don't even know what's out there. What's and if they value it enough, they'll find the budget for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and if they don't understand it, what we typically do is we'll, we'll set up a we'll set up a, a meeting with uh, you know Lutron at their experience center. We'll take them out, spend some time. They have um, a show. Have you ever here? been? No, I haven't been. We'd love to bring you. There. I want to mark them. I want to check it out. Man. Yeah. So so we do that. Unfortunately, they don't. Have, they don't have their uh, fully tunable fixtures there on display. Do they have like a big toggle switch right when the door when you enter? Is that one of those ones? Yeah. They got a lot of keypads here, though. Definitely. Um, <laughs> I'll be disappointed if I don't see a toggle or like the two dots. Man, go Europe. The legacy style. ones. I'm sure they have them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, like I no, said, no, I'm talking about the old 70s, and I want it to be almond color. Like I want that regular. They probably oh, you want have. That, you want that beige toggle? Yes, they, they, they have. They have those on. They have those on their display. Are they functioning? I don't think so. No, they just probably have like not. a timeline of the evolution the of the dimmer. That's, the lineage. That's, that's yeah. what I would love to see. Which is pretty it's, cool. It's pretty funny, man. A lot of people don't even know that Luchon created the dimmer, which is pretty cool. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you can get, get all, the whole experience there. Unfortunately, they don't have the f- fully tunable fixtures there on display, but they're they're working on that. Um, we're 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 going to be opening our own showroom with fully fully tunable fixtures as well. When you Which guys planning nice. on having that ready? Probably up and running, hopefully, I mean, conservatively by end of next year. Okay. 
Um, so we're the, still trying to find the right location, the exactly. right spot to do it. But we have all the products, everything pretty much ready to go. It's just finding the spot. That's why we took an interest to your place here. Yeah, yeah, to check it out. It's a good space, but I want to finish up with the kitchen. Um, how do you guys handle um, your task lighting under cabinet lighting? Uh, where does it get positioned? How far away from the back or how far away from the front? And what happens when they choose a hood that has lighting that does not match? And also what happens when they want Edison bulbs in their pendants that don't match? Like when you, you clients don't see color temperature not matching the moment you actually energize everything. Then they see, holy shit, it doesn't match. We, we have a conversation with the client beforehand. Okay. Yeah. So we tell them we're going to specify everything, including your, your, your lamps for your pendants or chandeliers. So we tell them we'll take care of that for you. What if they're diehard and they want that Edison old style bulb? That's no problem. We can match it. You'll be able we'll to match, match it. 100%. So you just adjust your lighting to that exactly. bulb temperature, right? Exactly. Have they gotten savvy enough that they can fluctuate the temperature on those bulbs or no? They're they're a fixed color, aren't they? Well the thing is that every manufacturer is different, right? Like if you know Philips uses their their LEDs for their bulbs. Yeah. Then you got Cree, they have their own chips. Cree yeah. makes their own chips. Yeah. Then you've got like other brands that use all different types of uh, you know, chip manufacturers. Every chip is made different. You can't take a three thousand from a, a Philips chipset and then take a Cree 3000. It's different. It's going to be slightly off. Yeah. But to the human eye, typically you can't really tell. Um, so, you know, give or take, it's pretty pretty accurate. I mean, if you took a photo, you might be able to notice a, a slight difference. Um, but usually you got to be around, you know, at least five to six, 700 Kelvin difference to kind of notice. Maybe even two, 300, depending on your eye. It'd be harder to notice. Exactly. We would notice, but 100%. everyday people wouldn't notice. So, yeah, I mean, back to task lighting. I mean, we, we use a... A linear light for under cabinet, obviously. Yeah. We developed a, a micro LED, which is only three millimeters wide. We're using like little, little, tiny little uh, micro What's the LEDs. Depth of it? What, the do depth? You, what do you need to? Quarter inch. That's it. Yeah. So we developed a profile to go with it as well. The diodes um, are very close together to avoid the dotting effect. Yeah, they're God, literally about, tiny, they're man. under a millimeter. Uh, and how much light are you getting? So on your projects that you've done and the electricians put the under cabinet lighting, it's probably like three quarters yeah, to an inch 19 wide. mil. Ours 19 is mil. four millimeters. It's very sleek. All of our millwork lighting, that's typically what we use, and it's a lot sleeker and aesthetic. What's the housing nice. look like? Do you guys have a lift? They're profiled for it as well, yeah. Really? So yeah. it could be profiled for... Profile six millimeters wide, but the LED that goes in is four wow, wide. Yeah. So that one there, we get about uh, 984 lumens a meter. That's a lot. So we're competing with the... the when you're only standard. doing 18 inches, right? Those, those are great for floating It's good shelves. enough. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people overlight cabinetry too. On their cabinet, they, they're putting in like, you know, 15, 1600 lumens a meter, which is a lot. You don't want to overlight it because you don't want to drown your backsplash with light. It takes away from the texture, the color of the backsplash, right? So we just light it just enough. Under cabinet so is we, not we, task lighting. Exactly. It's ambient lighting. It's, it's just well, I mean, it is task lighting too. I mean, it, to it a degree, a purpose, right? Yeah. It's more about... It's dual, dual purpose. For yeah. sure. Well, it's more if you have light above your upper cabinets, the beam angle on that is going to cast a shadow on your countertop, yes. right? So that's why you put the under cabinet lights to evenly, uniformly illuminate your countertops. Exactly. So we look at the, we look at the, you know, the width of the cabinet, the depth of the, the countertop. We also look at the backsplash. So we typically go not too far off the wall, but a little bit off the wall so we cover and get nice uniform light, like Nuno said, on the on the whole Oh, so you guys right? aren't going that, that center in the middle? Not right? always, no. Always, you're favoring closer to the back, to the, to the wall? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Because, well, depending on the backsplash, if it's a dark backsplash, you want a closer. dark surfaces you know, absorb light. They don't yeah. reflect it. So if it's a white backsplash, we'll go a little bit closer because it'll reflect off that white backsplash yeah. or that, you know, that finish or that stone, and it'll 
obviously you know, give you some illumination on the countertop, right? So taking account of the, you know, the color of the, the finished surfaces, that's key as well. Even with lighting design on, on, the, on the ceiling as well, considering the color of the walls and all that's going to determine placement of the light in our designs. Uh, there's a lot of factors to, to obviously keep in mind and uh, kind of strategically place the lights where they need to be. And the pin lighting, where would you guys start recommending throwing some pins or would you recommend throwing pins in a kitchen application? We don't do that. We do no? mostly linear. Mostly linear, right? Oh, we do. Our linear lights do have pin lights in them. We have the, the clusters. Okay. So like a, just a bunch of uh, little LEDs. Kind I know, of but I know together. that I've seen from, from at your place, whatever, there was the little accents. I mean, that they're nice. They, they have that. You can see it. You can feel it on the surface. You, mm -hmm. see, you see it off the wall. Would you entertain any Are you of talking that? about the track light? Yeah, yeah, talking about the yeah, those are the clusters in so our that's track. What it is. Okay. But our profiles that we use for under cabinet or millwork is a lot thinner, and it's just a strip. It's a light bar. Yeah, we don't put any pin lights in. Are you talking about pucks? Under yeah, the just actual small. Mini yeah, we don't we don't use pucks don't at do all. That. You don't do any of that no, stuff. No, but then I thought I saw. Didn't you guys have like uh, like literally like a quarter inch or a half inch pin light or something like an accent in the corners or no? Am I? No, that's our reveal lighting. That's like around the perimeter yeah. between the ceiling and the wall. Yeah. It's uh, the same. It's a very narrow profile quarter inch, and it gives you like um, a reveal perimeter. kind of simulates like a cove, but it's not. Yeah. It's like a negative reveal. That's actually pretty cool. It and looks and we integrate LED into the into ceiling. It. So we yeah. just developed a new one, actually. It's a little bit of a bigger uh, app, you know, opening aperture, if you want to call it. Yeah, we developed that one because before we were using the profile before the drywall and then terminating the drywall with a D200. Yes. Like a Trimtex. Yes. Uh, so we developed one that has a mud flange on the wall and on the ceiling. So it just comes out a lot straighter and nicer. And then we developed product. a second one that just has a mud flange on the ceiling if you have a, a tiled wall. Millwork or finished surface, or finished surface going up against or, it. Or paneling, stuff like that. All right, so moving along to the master bath now. <laughs> How do we light the master bath? And oh. it's, it's two-couple, and you've got standalone shower, you've got a standalone bathtub, and you've got two vanities, makeup station, and now you've got... Uh, I don't know, three three mirrors, I guess, because one for the makeup station. Well, first, we also do illuminated uh, mirrors. We work with our glass company, and we kind of develop... Integrated uh, it into the mirror? Yeah. yeah. We, so we do it ourselves, and we do, like, uh, the mirror would be mounted with magnets, so that way it's serviceable. If the lights ever fail or if there's an issue, you could remove the glass. What if you want a medicine cabinet behind it or storage space? Well, then you're shit out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to go back to the drawing board and figure something else out. Go to oh, Ikea. Everybody wants to open that up. I've always Not made really. It. Yeah. You really see that. No. I even no, got people want never illuminated mirrors, but they want the mirror to be flush with the drywall. Well, that's not possible. So no, people no, don't I'm, want it to project. I, I'm going into the wall. You're recessing. I'm it. recessing it. So then For the sure. mirror still looks like it's flushed on the wall. It's tight, but then you open it up and you get all this storage space hiding. I'm sure when if someone ever asks us to do a, a medicine cabinet style mirror, we'll figure it out. Yeah, now one of our clients have done that on a project. Yeah. Oh. So where do they keep all their stuff? They like, go to the custom cabinet. build millwork. That's all it is. These are typically builder uh, bigger houses, higher end homes, so they yeah. have storage. So how would you light this room? Uh, typically, if it's a floating uh, vanity, we underlight the vanity. Always rule of thumb. Do an illuminate mirror, one hundred percent. We do. Some are you illuminating the mirror on the two sides, or are you perimeter? We do all. It doesn't matter which. It depends on the client. Whatever the client. So do front lit. We we'll sandblast them. Get this mirror sandblasted. Then we'll we apply a kind of like a film or maybe some sort of a kind of milky opaque acrylic on the back. So we laminate the backside of the mirror. To are diffuse you, the light. Yeah. To diffuse are you the light. throwing that on a separate switch that you can increase? Yes. Them? Okay, all right. So typically the vanity and the mirror, we use the same LEDs, uh, same light output. Uh, so they match. Put that on the same, uh, let's say, load, um, same dimmer. And then we'll do, you know, showers. What do we typically do? I mean, it varies. 
we could design a bathroom anyway with the lighting. We've even done around a bathtub on the floor, recessed into the tile. We'll have an aluminum profile lighting up from Curved the floor. Bathtub or square bathtub? Square. We did a couple of square. Curved. Square. Uh, we're designing a curve now. We're halloing around the tub. I mean, if so they water jet the, the tile top. with a nice curve and do it properly, yes, we have strips that could do. You a have curve. a flexible channel that can go along. Yeah, we have, we have a silicone. We have a lot of silicone profiles as well. Can be integrated into tile, stone. We haven't done that yeah. yet, but we've done it along the perimeter so beside a bathtub. Water. Resistant IP68, yeah. Okay, so what is it? How how much does it recess above the tile surface? Flush, flush. it's flush. flush. flush yeah. And then you're when you say silicone, what are you saying? The out the actual housing is made out of silicone, or yes, you guys silicone. And then it just sits there. Three sided white silicone, and then the obviously the the, the side the lit the illuminated side is just uh, got a kind of a opaque uh, kind of finish. And then, and then the laborer doesn't have to come in with a caulking gun with dap on it and no. just seal no, it all up. No. No, we we put a little right. bit of adhesive in it. Well, that depends on the tile guy. If he gets a water jet <laughs> and done properly, if it's a then little it's bit sealed butcher, perfectly. Then, then he'll be the one putting the silicone, not us. But you can leave water on it and, and it's, it's Nothing fine. happens. Yeah, no. it's dipped in resin. So all of our lights that we use on the exterior or high humidity areas are dipped in a resin, which protects the LED. Yeah, we could do any IP rating, right? So depends on the, the 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 application. This is fascinating, man. So you could basically, I guess, it just depends on what you creatively want. So if you wanted a curve, you could do a circle. You can do a circle, I guess, cut in the mirrors. If a client has a good budget and they want us to get creative, we could design some really cool shit. Yeah. If they have a designer and they seen a bunch of pictures on Pinterest and here, how do we achieve this? We'll make it. We'll happen. figure it out. We'll do it. We're very versatile in that way. I know like 15 years ago, Kohler introduced the whole chromotherapy with the lighting yeah. and, and yeah. they had that whole uh, range where it just changed color temperature and it was supposed to help you with your mental and it contributed to that whole thing. 100%. Are people asking for that? Or are they asking for color or is that a little no, too much in the house? not really. We, we have some, we've had some clients in the past, I have and with Assembly, um, that, it, that ask about, a few that asked about color, but no one really pulls the trigger on it. Um, I don't know if it will last. I don't know if it actually contributes to helping your mental status or I don't know. I mean, the fully tunable on the white spectrum definitely helps your mental yeah, status. Yeah, like that whole color, color stream where it's no, colors purple, just for, magenta, yellow. I mean, like, color is just to set the mood. It's for ambience, right? So if you're entertaining, you put on some color, do some pastel colors. It looks cool. Um, and then again, the Ketra. So the Ketra lighting by Lutron, it's fully tunable, color adjustable, everything that works. We always pitch it first to the clients, obviously, because it's a great product, but we need you need to experience it to believe it. So we were just in New York, Manhattan, for a Lutron spec trip, and they have um, two showrooms in Manhattan where they have all of their Ketra lighting displayed in a setting that's supposed to mimic, like, you know, a house, a residence. And you could be in one room, and you could have artwork and plants. Just the way the lighting is designed using the Ketra lighting, you can make that room feel like 10 different environments. The way you set the color, the vibrancy, the way it. it's used. I totally believe it. It just really, really changes the vibe. And your mood. And it's hard to explain. You have to experience Emotional it to lighting, feel man. it. Exactly. I know, I and know. wellness. And that's why now we're talking with Lutron. It's like this is when the kick in the ass was like, hey, we really, really need to do a showroom here and put in the Ketra so that our potential customers, clients could come in and feel it. Once you feel it, you're sold. Exactly. So 100%. we actually brought one of our clients with us on that spec trip. We closed the deal with her. First, we initially proposed the Ketra lighting. They shot it down because of the price tag. We Just brought her way, with way us way to New head. York and she loved it. She said she wanted it. She came back. She's like, I know I said I didn't want it before. I want it now. Unfortunately, it was already too late in the build. They were getting ready for drywall oh. and they didn't want to go backwards. 
But had we brought her there first when we were selling them, would she would have done it. Yeah. And oh, that's why now. we're talking about here? Like crazy six uh -huh. figures? If you want to do, well, just put it this way, catch, catch her a downlight, they range from 600 plus per pot light up to 1200. Yeah. Depending on the trim. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's MSRP, of course. That's expensive. Yeah. It's not yeah. cheap. Um, and also, you would need the processors, the panels, the, the whole system yeah. to control it. Keypads. So a 3,000 square foot house? You would use it strategically. It's really cool. Like, I'll send you some videos. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if you have artwork yeah. and you use the Ketra lights with the vibrancy effect, it does some really, really impressive stuff. That's kind of where Ketra shines. So if you, do, if you are an art collector, you have collectibles. You definitely want to. So you Ketra. don't need picture-mounted fixtures anymore. This will actually pull that off for you. 100%. Really? 100%. And you, it's you, not you do too it, high. No, you do a recessed, uh, you know, they call it, uh, it's a, a downlight that they have, and um, they have a wall wash uh, trim yeah, available with wall wash uh, optics. And what happens is with the catcher, if you shine it on a piece of art, it actually creates like an HDR effect on the art. Yep. So it brings out all the primary colors. So if you go from like a blue or a magenta or like a green, depending on the it art, enhances it enhances those colors. So it makes the art kind of look 3D and again? pop. $1,200? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Serpy. Oh, that's expensive. Um, that's what I mean, I know exactly what it looks like. It's not like. what we sell it for typically, but... No, um, but that's still, it's still up there, man. 100%. But I mean, again, it, it comes down to the lighting design. I mean, if you have a 3,000 square foot home, typically an electrician will put what? You know, 100 to 150 pot lights in there? Typically. Yeah. So yeah, we, ten, we typically... Yeah, 10 bucks a pot. <laughs> once, and then when we come into the picture, we go from 100 to 150 down to... 60, 70, 80 pots. You don't need Max. all those. Yeah, you don't Max. need them all, man. I mean, we, we've taken some designs and we go from, like I said, 200 pots down to like 80, 90 pots. And on top of that, you want to use the catcher lighting strategically, right? Like an entertaining area, kitchen, living room. You'd probably want to use a master bedroom artwork. If you have like um, an indoor garden or nice plants, colorful plants, you probably want to spotlight those because the vibrancy effect will really make them pop. So... Yeah, so we do like a hybrid system. We'll do catcher in the kitchen, living room, maybe the rec room, theater, uh, master suite, master ensuite. And then everywhere else we do a, a, another Lutron uh, downlight called Fenary. Okay. Fenary 3-inch. Uh, Which would match. If all the lights are off, the trim, everything could look identical. Just the technology so the from one light to the other would be different. And obviously the price tags would be different. But Lutron thought that all very well where... It'll match. Because they know homeowners can't afford. Exactly. But they want to tease you. At least do one room and you'll appreciate it. Yeah, do it. the rooms that you spend most time the in. key right? rooms, yeah. You're not going to do it in a guest bedroom. I'll be honest. Have. We sold the product, but until I went to New York and I experienced it myself, I wasn't totally sold. I, I didn't see the value in the price tag, but after going there, I definitely, honestly, and truly see the value in it. And when I mentioned to the new official originally, he kind of laughed. He's like, how are we going to sell that, man? Come yeah, on. Who the fuck is going to buy that? There's people out there that would buy that. 100% there are. Right? Yeah. They would buy it for sure. I want to do a bedroom now. So a boy's a girl's bedroom. How would you guys light that room now? Oh, we would do Ketra. <laughs> yeah, that was that's yeah. Would, yeah, for sure. Uh, clients typically don't spend the money in the kids' bedrooms. <laughs> they just put pot lights. You know, we'll do tracks and linear lighting everywhere else. Bedrooms, closets. What's really bathrooms, cool too is like kind of get neglected. The other pot, the other downlights from Lutron called Fenary, they have a warm dim uh, feature on it, right? So as you dim up, it gets you know the the CCT goes a lot uh, yeah. a bit higher. Yeah. Goes to like three three thousand Kelvin thirty five. You dim it down, it starts to get warmer and warmer and warmer. So the Ketra and the Fenary combi together combined in a, in a space, you're, the Ketra is able to mimic that warm dim as well. So like Nuno said, aesthetically, you look up at the light, the trim, they all match. But he said the chipset, the technology is different. 
Um, it doesn't so look like you cheaped out in these exactly, areas. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it continues the same aesthetic. So the only time you'd really use the color, let's say you have a piece of art on the wall, you know, in the middle of, uh, you know, let's say your grand room on a wall, let's say off to the right or the left of your TV, that catch that one catcher down light um, could just be, you know, enhancing those colors on your art piece. Everything else could be warm white, and then in your kitchen you could have color. Yeah. So what's really cool about Lutron is you can rezone all the lights whenever you want on the fly, right? Through the automation of it. Each well, light it's is all digitally done, all done through addressable. An app. Each light is digitally addressable. Every so single light you guys you will set it up exactly. that way. What is that? So you, one electrician could daisy chain 128 pot lights throughout the house on one circuit, and you can control each, each every light fixture is digitally adjustable. So if well, this room you had 10 like pot lights. We could do each pod light. Well, the catcher, you can actually daisy chain all of them on, with one Romex, with one loop of Romex. I think it's up to 128, right? The Fenary, you can do 60. Is 60 that right? Like, you can literally connect Yeah, from the first yeah. floor to the second floor. So you go from the, the breaker panel. And ESA is completely fine with that? 100%. That's, yeah. Really? Well, honestly, I've, I haven't come across any issue with ESA for that, no. But then again, we haven't sold 128 catcher pod lights to date. So but you can go that far. 100%, yeah. You can daisy chain all, all the catchers. The Fenary is a little bit different. Well, obviously, the electrician would have to do his calculation for the amperage that it's drawing, but for the technology and communication, you could go up to, I think, 128. Yeah, so the Ketra lights are wirelessly, they wirelessly communicate to the system. So it's all wireless tech built in. And so Lutron, it's connected to a modem, or it's connected to... It's connected to like a gateway, they call it. A gateway slash processor. And that's where I was getting it. So what's, there what's cool about Ketra yeah. too is, right, every, the controls are built into each fixture, hence the price tag. So you don't need... A control panel with a bunch of control modules. So, what's the price of the Ketra versus the actual the other one that like the Fenary? Yeah, Fenary ranges too. Um, How high does it get? Half the price okay. on the high end. So there's still. So you did flangeless uh, trims. Yeah, obviously flangeless is more more costly. Flangeless stuff is like seven to eight hundred, um, and then non flangeless obviously goes down from there. But again, it depends on the trim, the finish, the type of material. You have all different options. So what would you guys use in closet applications? Because in the early in my construction career, we didn't put lights in closets. And then I was like, this is dumb. Why are there no lights in closets? I'm talking about just single door opening two foot deep closet. What kind of lights are you throwing in closet? What kind of lights are you guys throwing into built in millwork? Because I'm assuming that, you know, like the nice thing that most builders would do is one slim on the very top. And then there's solid shelf, solid shelf, solid shelf, solid shelf and darkness. We right? always push the millwork lighting. It looks yeah. awesome. But you're doing strip lighting in every single one. And you just, it basically becomes a, a, a wire just coming out of the back of it. And then you just exactly. put the whole unit. A wiring mess. Right? Yeah. What are you guys doing for closet applications at that point? Uh, we do a linear light under usually the shelf or right above the rod. The cur- uh, the, 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 uh, sort of the clothing rod. Yeah. Um, that's that's on the walls. Yeah, maybe the walls sometimes. Well, one of the closets Depends. we're doing now, it's a master walk-in closet on an active project, and we're actually putting like a surface-mounted, uh, it's called our infinite track system, surface-mounted around the skylight. So just strategically, it depends on the size of the closet, how you're doing it. I love it. I'm going to take, uh, okay, a little bit of OBC talk, guys. You ready for this, man? Uh, resistance to forced entry. Swinging entrance doors must have both a deadbolt lock with a cylinder of five or more pins. Uh, that's a that's part of the code. You know that, eh? Like your doors. I guess fire rated doors and everything like that. Deadbolts. Yeah, you have to have a secondary lock. It can't just be a single lock on it, right? Uh, if attached to a wood frame, the strike plate must be attached. So you have that secondary strike plate with wood screws penetrating at least thirty mil. What's thirty mil? Inch and a quarter. No, inch and a quarter. Oh, it's longer than that. Twenty-five point four mils is one inch. So thirty. 
Oh, you're right. It is inch and a quarter. Wow. I thought I, I use three inch all the time. I go right to the frame, man. You have to beat the shit out. Uh, if anything attached to a metal frame, the strike plate must be attached to no longer uh, with a number eight or greater machine screws, at least 10 mil. So that's just a basic uh, a bolt through 25 mil solid hardening, free turning ring or beveled cylinder housing. That's the standard. We know that swinging wooden entrance doors to dwell dwelling units must be solid core. That's where all the fire rating thickness, 45 mil. Uh, hinges must be attached to wood doors, wood frames, at least two wood screws. Hinge penetrating at least 30 mil and two metal doors and metal frames with number 10 or greater machine screws with at least 10 mil. 10 mil long? That's like the three, no, half centimeter. Inch? Yeah, it's a centimeter, man. Wow. Three eighths? It's not much, man. That's the standard. So that's a minimum. I want to get talking with you guys. So everyone that's listening to Assembly with no E, it's A-S-S-M-B-L-Y, Inc. That's where you'll find them on Instagram. And also email is info at assembly, spelled the same way, Inc.com. Speaking of no, 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 no. Sorry, <laughs> Nuno and Jordan. The whole brain. That's where this is all magic now, right? This is the wizard behind the fucking curtain, right? 100%. So... That has to be done proper, and, and that's where you guys come in, right? Um, where should it be parked? It's, it's like, are, are there limitations? Should it be at the panel? Should it just, like, should you expand the area of where the panel is? Like, how does it... Sorry, what's your question? Uh, lighting controls? The, ner the nerve center. Like, where, does, where do you guys park everything? Where do you guys run everything? So we, could, we do the lighting independently of a lighting control system. On our ideal package, we're doing the design, the lights... Uh, lighting controls, and we do a lot more than that. We also do your network, surveillance, uh, distributed audio, theater rooms. We do TVs as well. Oh, shades. So Lutron, everything that Lutron has to offer, they're some of the best in the world for motorized. You guys get into all that as well. world as well. We do all yeah. that. Yeah. Our typical package would include all of that, and it would go anywhere from two to $500,000. But and then I know I saw yours, right? It's oh, we do, we do smaller packages too. We don't just do... I said the ideal yeah. package. Yeah. That's our 100%. ideal package. That's what we've been All the bells fortunately and whistles, attracting a lot of. Yeah. Last few deals we closed were full packages, so we're on the right uh, trajectory. Do do electricians like you guys or dislike you guys? I feel like old school electricians who haven't done this kind of shit before don't understand it. They give us a hard time. They don't want to deal with the headache. They want to get paid, go home. Um, but a lot of electricians that we work with are excited. They like seeing the panel rooms. They take pride in Wow, I've never done this before. Like, let's make this panel room look good because it's a collaborative effort between them and us, right? Like, we'll mount the panels, we'll do everything. Then at the end, they got to bring their Romex into our control panels. And I, I'm a Hitler. I make sure that they do it nice and clean. They, they got to do it the way I want it. Uh, so it all depends on the person, the personality, the character, the passion. I mean, you want that panel and the whole lighting control and the nerve center to look proper. Absolutely. So then when you're servicing, when you're working on it. We're doing a project right now, and uh, they had on the second floor behind the laundry room, they had, uh, it was going to be a mechanical room, but they moved the furnace. So when we got the, the job, said, where are we going to put all the panels? Well, here, we have a whole room for you. I got so excited. I'm like, I'm going to deck this fucking room out. Yeah, we're we're going to put diamond board. We're going to light up the panels. What? We're going to make it really, really... Photo we, we even have a little worthy. assembly logo that's going to illuminate. Please we'll tell me that you guys did do that or all that, or it's they, in the process. So oh, we're halfway yeah, through yeah. rough. So they now. haven't they haven't gotten so rid. So we of have that. the whole room no. to ourselves. Like to me, that's like uh, candy. You that's know, heaven, I get excited. Man. I get a hard on for that. That's heaven, man. I know yeah, that's, you that's want that space. Ideal. Uh, a lot of other times, you know, it's scattered throughout the house or behind the furnace. 
one wall, the other wall. It's like, ah, cool. Just depends we'll still what we have to work nice. with. Yeah, it depends what we have to work with. But if you could give us a whole room, if you could have enough foresight to allocate space for our systems, like, please do. What do you guys want ideally when you guys, let's say you're doing the whole house, right? So you're, you're catering to everything, all the, the home automation, the lighting, the design, everything. Are you guys picking a trough? You picking a channel that everything kind of conveys to, and then it heads towards the actual. Yeah, you have to plan. You want to minimize uh, wire runs, right? Try to keep everything as centralized as possible to the house. You don't want some runs to be, you know, five hundred feet, the other one to be thirty feet. Yeah, you got to consider line loss, right? Line loss everything. is a big thing in low voltage. When so do you, you wanna... lose line loss? At what point do you? Depends, Depends on the gauge of the cable. Yeah. Mm. So depending on the run, we'll calculate. Uh, we have some software that we use. And uh, well, we, you know, we use we use twelve gauge all the way up to uh, eighteen, typically, depending on the, the the product. So I guess in the bigger homes, you would have two centers. Then you'd have to depending. The bigger on home, we'd have to break it up. 100%. You'd have to break it up because you can't run a whole. No, no. no. Like when you say in line loss, what's the min- what's the minimum you guys? Or what's it depends I- on the product. So if you're doing like motorized roller shades from Lutron, a twelve gauge cable will give you up to five hundred feet, whereas a sixteen gauge cable will give you two hundred feet. So give it depends on the product. Take, yeah. And if for the homeowners, they need to understand 500 feet goes really fast. doesn't matter that your family room is 25 by whatever, it's 15. 100%. 500 feet goes fast when you start going ceiling, wall, exactly. under, floor, ceiling. It adds up fast. And if you're doing like homeworks, you know, communication cable to communicate between devices for the lighting controls, then you have a 16-gauge cable about 2,000 feet. So it depends on the application. It depends on the loop, too, how many keypads you're connecting because you dizzy chain your keypads and all that. It's a lot of things to, keep, to factor in. With it's a lot our, of calculations. It's a lot of uh, being proactive and really knowing. A lot of planning, shit. Yeah. Now, the keypads are, you can use any tablet, or does it have to be specific tablets? Oh, no, you use Lutron keypads. Or oh, like, they're actually, switches. okay, yeah. all right. They're actually, but I thought you're also using tablets as well. Yes. Yeah, we use iPads in the wall. We okay. mud, we use a, and you mud them in, you have the kits yeah, we for kit them, them, right? In, yeah. And you can still take them out and use them or 100%. sit on the couch and use them, right? Exactly. It's just crazy. So the iPad we controls kind of everything in the home. Kind of simulates like a control fork, restaurant, savant. Um, and it works really well. Clients like it. And then when people ring the doorbell, it shows up on the iPad. So we kind of place those in the kitchen, master suite, rec room, kind of wherever they want them, wherever they spend most of the time. So it's a nice feature. Yeah, well, if you're doing, you know, distributed audio throughout the house, you got your network, network ubiquity system, rackness, whatever, you have your Lutron lighting controls, then that one um, iPad mounted on the wall could basically control everything in your house. Um, sometimes we even everything put them just for surveillance. Yeah. You could have all your network cameras going back to that iPad. That iPad would be dedicated just to see the cameras around your house. And it's flush to the wall, mudded in, so it looks nice. If you combine that with RE events, mudded in tracks, mudded in iPads, you know, mudded in catcher downlights, mudded in catcher downlights, you know, it just it creates a system. Like if people want, typically the clients who come to us, they want a certain look, they have a certain style. You guys just gave me an idea with Halloween coming up, man. Like if I had kids, I would like pre-record, like me walking around the house, but I'm not there, right? And then they would look at the tablet going going on here like kind of paranormal activity kind of thing shit yeah. going on they're looking at the device going daddy uh why are you what's going on <laughs> you could do that can we do that we could totally do that no yeah good. Sure. okay i'm just saying for halloween purposes that's all maybe do the same for christmas or whatever Pick you up. have kids no 
But I'm just saying I would do those kinds of things, right? 100%. I, I would have fun with that kind of shit. Right? Pair it with some Catrick Dollars and do some orange and uh, Yeah, that's exactly light. it. You start messing around with lighting now. Things are going off. Yeah, with our, a little bit of sound here. A little sound design there. With our, uh, dripping sonats, water. With our Sonats invisible speakers, we could have like some uh, And all of a sudden your kid's in, the in therapy for like two years now because of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you guys. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Speakers on the ceiling, best position for them or the worst position? Depends on the application. Sometimes we you really want to listen to music. You got a turntable and you got vinyl and you want to listen to music. Is that where you want your speaker? Uh, yeah. Really? That's the ideal spot? I think so. It doesn't sound like it's coming from the ceiling? It depends. I mean, yeah, typically it does. Um, we'll put them on the wall as well. Yeah. But we do a lot of invisible speakers from Sony. You guys like those? We do. Oh, yeah. They sound, they sound pretty good. Have you heard so nice before? I have heard. I've installed them. I, I heard them. I listened to them. And from what brand, if you don't mind me asking? I think it was it was uh, that brand. So, so not Sonus. It was an. Um, trying to remember the brand. I don't remember the brand. Sorry, but they, obviously there's different brands. They were expensive, man. These these were two thousand each, man. They were expensive, and then the, and then drywall. He the mutter mutter. He fucked it up. Right? Okay, JBL? so the Sonats. No, it wasn't the Sonats invisible speakers that we do. Uh, they actually have a uh, a reader, a device a that depth, measures the, the depth of, of the, the mud. Yeah, he messed it. Like, I know that this brand gave you the trim, and then it told you specifically you can't go past this, and you have to skim it a certain way, and then yeah. it has to be done. This, and I get it. He messed it up first. We had to redo it. So guys came in, and they new trim, and, everything, and we did it again. I still, I'll listen to a speaker that's an actual speaker on a floor away from a wall, and that sounds proper. This still does not match to that sound. But I get it. It's disappeared. Yeah. It's not there. You don't see it. But I go again with the lighting. I don't care where the pot light is. I don't care where the fixture is. I care about where the light source is doing. Same with sound. I care about the sound. So I don't mind seeing a speaker on the floor if I want to hear music. That's just me. Maybe it's my old school me, right? You're you're not, from you're, the, I mean, you're, it's clear you're, you're like an audiophile. I mean, some clients, they care about the sound. Some clients want sound. They don't care too much about how it sounds mm. and they want it to be invisible some designers want it invisible they don't want to see speakers on the ceiling right yeah it's yeah, a yeah. minimalistic it's ultra modern home that's kind of where designers kind of really lean in when we show them invisible speakers they get excited They're like oh yeah let's put those in right you come Just from depends. film so you appreciate light and sound more than uh, your why. average that's person that's right? It is, right if you're doing distributed audio throughout the house to 99 percent of people it's more than good enough especially if you design it properly if you want better than that, now you're talking about home theater, oh, home theaters, Dolby, surround sounds. It's a different tier. Yeah, see, the home theater would never be integrated. Well, you would. I guess your client would want that. Well, I mean, Sonance is doing uh, invisible speakers in theaters now. and, and they, Really? Yeah. So they, they're, they're And they saying, sound? They sound? So it sounds really good. Yeah, people are happy with are it. Are they asking um, you for a void? Like the wall cavity has to be a certain depth? Or they'll fit in a two-by-four wall. A two-by-four wall? Really? And there's enough 100%. for that? Well, without the back box, yeah. You, they recommend using a back box. It uh, definitely helps with the, the audio quality. But your subwoofer still has to be outside somewhere. No, subwoofer fits in the, in the wall as well without the back I box. I don't know. I think the really? IS-10s and the subwoofers has a little, it's a little bit deeper. Is it? I think I, so, yeah. Try to double check. Give or take. That's got to be a whole new system. I haven't been. I mean, you guys have probably been to CES so many times, right? And check out shit what's going on there. So I don't know. I'm not up to date with all this stuff, right? So I just I know that I see what's on the market and then I yay or nay it. That's all I do, right? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff coming out. I mean, always is always something new. So keeping up with uh, the latest evolving. tech is 
is a, is a full-time job. <laughs> is it never-ending, guys? It's never-ending. Or like, yeah. is it like, are we going to, the, like, what you guys are doing with the tablets and the whole system, that's still new to 90% of the market. Like, that's still, like, way ahead of what they can Absolutely. afford right now. We, so. we, we pride ourselves on, always, on, like, the next best thing. We always want to be ahead of the curve. So we're always looking for something new. Like, uh, almost every week I call new and I'm like, hey, I'm going to get another brand. They do this, this, and this. want to talk about the, the Josh, Josh AI? Yeah, we, can, we get to that. What's that? Uh, we're, we're picking up, uh, like, an, uh, an AI-based uh, voice control called Josh, which is pretty cool. It's a man's voice? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> you want a man's voice talking to you in your house? I don't know. I guess. I mean, my wife, my wife might like. Do they it. offer a Jesh or Jess or something? Like I don't know. I don't. I don't I'm not too sure. I mean, we're going through the training now. I don't think you can change the voice. Um, so we just got sure. access to it, and we have to buy like an opening order, and uh, they have kits to put in our house. So we're both going to retrofit it into our houses, and we're going to live with it, play with it, see see it. Basically, it's uh you know an Echo or a Siri or whatever on steroids. Jordan could probably is that, explain that's that basically what it is. Pretty cool. I mean, if you go to you talk to Siri, you say, you know, your home kit. You're like, oh, you know turn on my lights to 20% in my kitchen. Yeah. You kind of have to remember what you programmed. And Josh doesn't do that. Josh, Josh, you just talk. And you can do multiple commands in one sentence as opposed to Apple, uh, Siri, or HomeKit, right? Wow. Which is pretty cool. And Josh integrates with a lot more more tech. Does it a lot better. Plus, their app is uh, pretty cool. Pretty advanced. And it's then very, the one app would user control intuitive. everything else, right? Yeah, the app can, can kind of control everything that integrates directly with Josh. So for example, on the iPad on the so wall. It'll take over your, your existing automation control uh, app. So for us peasants that are still using Alexa and Google Home or whatever and Apple. Well, Google Home is the best one out of the three. That's what opinion. I was going to ask yeah. you. The Google Home is the best one out of in the In my opinion, yeah. What's the, why? Why does it make it the best one? Uh, like kind of, kind of like Josh. I mean, Google Home. You could say, "Hey, turn on the lights," and Google knows kind of what room you're in. Okay. If you have those, you know, those Google hubs everywhere. Yeah. Which I do. So I currently use Google Home everywhere, even though I'm an Apple guy. Um, and yeah, I Apple love it. sucks, man. When they launched. Well, it. listen, we we've had a client say to us, "You know, I'm only going to use the big three: Apple, Google, or Amazon. If it's not made by them, I don't want it." I'm like, well, listen, great. There's nothing wrong with it, Apple, but it is consumer grade, right? Apple and Amazon, they're not automation companies. Start they're getting professional control companies. different systems. Just an off-the-shelf consumer good, right? That's what I mean, peasants. Um, yes. And really, those products are just used to collect data information secretly, right? Yeah. Hush, hush. Well, um, I plug in and, and plug out Alexa every so often. Depends if I'm exactly. paranoid or whatever at the moment, right? So it's well, just, the I mean, saying is, is that if you're not paying for it, then you are the product, right? I, I so I don't have that shit in my house just because I don't trust the big three <laughs> names. But Josh AI, you know, they're a small startup, whatever. I don't know how big they are. When but did they get started? Uh, about, I think it was about five, six years ago. They're, they're relatively new. They're not the big land three. Or what? Is that, is that it's private. It's private, yeah. And they, they, uh, Interesting. From what I believe, from what, from what I remember. And they're going to explode uh, or they're going to grow? Oh, they're exploding, yeah. They're doing really good. Yeah, It's a really, really cool product. Where are they coming um, from? Silicon? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. I have to double check. But... Pretty cool product. It sounds like a good. We're idea. still doing the training, so we're still learning, right? Um, but I mean, we talk about that on another show, maybe. Once you guys exactly once we play with it, yeah, out and, and whatever, find exactly kick Josh out or keep Josh in, right? One I mean, we spec'd it on a job. Uh, we're specking on a few jobs now that are going to be kind of a year or two years from now. But um, definitely looking forward to working with it. Expensive or what's no? It's not bad at all. Okay, but it's not consumer-based like Alexa. Or no, you, you can't buy it off the shelf. It's an integrator only. Okay. Um, 
but uh, it works I mean, based on some of the training we've done so far. It's it's pretty pretty fucking cool. So where's yeah. the future going, guys? Like, what do you guys see outside of Josh here? What else is going to be happening? Are more and more is the market going to start to just put it this way? All the projects we do now, there's more low voltage cable than there is line voltage. Really? Yeah. That is the future. For us, yeah. houses are going to get smarter it. and smarter. Just like a car. I drive a 2011 Audi A8. It had all the bells and whistles at the time, navigation, the works in, you know, 2010. Now you buy uh, an entry-level Hyundai, and it has all the same Everything. technology and bells and whistles. Yeah. So the homes that I think are going to go in the same direction. So this, this will only be pretty much sense. mainstream in, in maybe the next 15, Eventually, 20 years? absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, well, I hope so, yeah. In the first world, in North America, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like heated floors and yeah. towel warmers, and it's just a mainstay. Things that used to be luxury now be. I think I think a, a certain level of automation will be in every home in 10, 15 years for sure. I don't think people are going to have you know fully automated, fully voice controlled. No, all the bells and whistles definitely not. It's not for everyone, but um, automation, a certain level of automation for sure. I mean, Google's doing a great job, right? Back to the big three again. Apple and Amazon, like I said, they're not automation companies, but Google does have Nest, so it's kind of a. They're getting into like the smart home tech. They're already in it, um, so I think they're gonna they're gonna definitely push a lot more of that. What about security, man? Like, is it hackable? Is it can someone like I've always been told always hardwire your cameras, always change your passwords when or passwords every time you can. Like whatever, is it easy for thieves to get in? Like fobs, everybody's cars are being stolen without actually. I think er everything's check. hackable, hundred percent. Okay, depends on the hacker. 100%. So cars yeah. now are getting stolen. My friend actually got his uh, his car stolen. Um, you walk in the front door, you throw your keys on a nightstand or hang them up. Well, they have these devices that pick up the signal from the key. So when the police officer came, he says, you know, you put these in a metal box because that'll... What is it? A ferret, ferret cage or what is it called? I don't know what it's called. I don't called. know what they're called. Something, okay. But it's basically it something to signal. jam the yeah, signal. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So if you could hack that, you could hack anything, really. Are you important enough that somebody's going to want to hack your system? I don't fucking know. I don't Maybe think I somebody am. in the world out there thinks I'm important. Want to hack the podcast for sure. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't make sense that, okay, you get home and if you put your car keys in your kitchen at the back of the house, can they still hack it? They can reach the signal, no? It's less likely. I don't know, I know exactly how it works, but. It's I, less likely because there's more different uh, distance and barriers and obstructions. So you put it behind your garage wall, which is four inches of concrete because of fire rating. I mean, I heard they follow you home and they park nearby. And when you, yeah, when you leave your car seen and that you too. lock your door, I know. that's when they pick they up the signal. They catch the signal. Yeah. I know. Cars are getting stolen everywhere, all kinds. It's like a big deal right now. All the guys with Slim Jims are like going, what the fuck is this supposed to do now? Eh? Nothing at all. Eh? Slim Jims don't work anymore, <laughs> I guess. Remember the days of club? <laughs> I had a friend of mine who drove a Ford Focus and he had a club on it. And every time he put on a head, actually, I saw a video of a racing. No, this ain't, this ain't a racing Ford Focus. This is a basic, bare bones, oh, really? basic. Right. And he put a club on it all the time, man. I'm like, dude, you realize I could take a hacksaw and just cut your steering wheel and just it's gone now? Well, I, saw, I saw a video of a Range Rover <laughs> getting stolen. Number one car. Had a club on it. Number one car on it. I was like, man. wow. See, I don't really care. Those. I'm not concerned because my neighbor that lives in front of me, they have a Maserati SUV brand new. It looks like a 2021 or something. And uh, they try to steal it. They didn't get it, but they came and asked us for uh, camera footage. And I leave my Audi A8 on the on this road. It's a nice car, but it's a 2010. These guys that are stealing cars, they want new models because then they're shipping them overseas, doing VIN it's jobs. It's a higher price for it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really care. My cars are older. <laughs> no one wants my car anyway. So, 
So, I mean, security-wise, I guess other than cameras and just... Uh, we only do ca cameras. We don't do surveillance systems. Yeah, we're not a no, security no. system But you guys will set up all the cameras. You'll, it'll be integrated with the doorbell, I guess, and with exactly. the, the command center. And yeah, so right. then you can see everything. You can be notified everyone shows up on the, uh, the property. So yeah. if there's movement or whatever... If it's a raccoon or something like that, are you notified, or does it have to be a bigger animal? Or like uh, we, we usually we usually uh, program raccoons and you know wildlife out of the out of kind of the. Uh, you guys have like animal icons on the fucking system. Okay, so that depends on the oh, security systems the system that you in, use. Yeah. Those are part of the analytics. You would have to set the parameters and the analytics. We have access to it from uh, one of our vendors, but we just haven't gone down that. What path if you yet. get like a little person thief or something like that? Will they like borderline animal size? <laughs> I guess I don't know. I seen a video that there's um, an Israeli company that they have these um, PTZ cameras PTZ, with a built-in yeah. mach machine gun. <laughs> you could fucking go on your phone and control it with a joystick and blast the intruders. That's that's not right, man. I've seen that. Yeah, that's, but that's not right. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, though. I'm not Here lie. in Canada, not not machine guns, but a, a paintball gun wouldn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> True. You see it, and all of a sudden, happens. so I guess that's where that's all you can do security-wise, right? You can't yeah, do just cameras. Else. Yeah, that's all it is. And then, but the police won't really do much, even if you have camera footage. Not really, but I mean, what are they going to do if you have uh, uh, someone breaks your window and the alarm goes yeah, off? Yeah, you have nothing at all. Gone are those days, right? Just a, a layer of like a potential layer of you know getting the thief to second guess, right? Like, There's a saying that locks only twice. keep honest people out. Like it's kind of the same thing for cameras. It's like. For small stuff, it's good to know what's going on around your house. But if somebody's a thief and they want to break into your garage or whatever, they're going to do it. People don't regard the cameras. They don't care anymore. Does lighting, if you get lighting that is just random, it would turn on. So then people Yeah, we do that with the Lutron, right? Like, okay, so you yeah, can program all that, that so you can turn it's integrated on. with like a DSC yeah. system, yeah. So, if, yeah. so if someone breaks a window, you could get all the lights to start flashing, the blinds going up yeah, and down. Yeah, it'll open, open and close the, the shades will go up shades. and down and draws attention to the home right that's ideally kind of your best bet the home alone feature exactly that's what you guys 100 percent. Right. minus macaulay Culkin, of course <laughs> but uh yeah he's too busy doing rails um <laughs> or allowed to say that okay <laughs> i was gonna say that. what thinking the same thing is that what you're thinking that's yeah. why i was saying it right so i just say it uh what else do we want to know guys before we get to the 12 questions man um i guess that's kind of it I got a little bit of green book talk, but it's all about first aid. Just have a first aid on your job site. That's all it is. You guys still have to abide by all the rules anyway. Yeah. You're still a trade. Absolutely. What is the technical name of the trade for you guys? I don't even is know. Is there a technical name? You know what? We just went through this with WSIB, and they had to create their own classification. I'm assuming that they would have They to. literally created their own, so we're paying under 1%. Yeah, you guys are at the bottom because we're kind of no weird. Risk. We're retail. We're vendors. We also do some installation. We do uh, class 2 low-voltage electricity, but not electrical like an electrician they yeah, created their own code for us i think they already had it but yeah and we're not well, integrators we're not at least at least they're doing something uh you know so i just yeah first aid kits every employer we all know that uh first aid uh, you have to have somebody that knows it as well too on a job site first aid station uh has to have at least once one one that's it and depending on the how many floors of the job site so the bigger the job site gets the more you need uh so everybody reaching out so at uh assembly with no e a s s m b l y i n c and then info at assemblyinc.com 12 questions gentlemen you ready for this sure i like that i've been giving the questions beforehand now so you guys can actually study and come back with some 
I didn't study. At you all. didn't study at all. All right. So I like that most class that come on the show to study. What is your favorite construction word, gentlemen? Fuck off. <laughs> um, Catra. <laughs> what is your least favorite construction word? Slims. Oh fuck! I hate those. Are they still in the market? For sure. Really, they're still in the market. I know some. Yeah, a lot. Of, I think a lot of people use slims. Yes, still, for sure. Tight budget. Yeah. What turns you on in construction? Ooh. Creating, you know, doing every job it's better, more, cleaner, nicer than the last. That's what keeps me going. Improving, sharpening. Me, I think it's tech. Uh, I love tech. I'm always finding, want to find the next latest and greatest. Designing, I love to design. What is some of the craziness that's coming out of CES and stuff like what? Remember that whole fad with uh, curved TVs and uh, yeah, I don't three D TV bullshit. I'm like, I'm tired of that crap. What happened man. to that? It disappeared as fast as it arrived. Yeah, I think so. I never bought one, but nobody uh, wants to peripherally know that you're watching a flat screen, and by curving the screen, you're being told you're watching, you're not watching a flat screen, and so subliminally, you're like, I'm not comfortable. It doesn't work. So when you're in a theater, every theater has a curved screen. Well, you're not aware of it unless you sit at a certain distance close to it. Then you're aware of the curve. But if you're sitting at the optimum seat, you're not aware of it. 100%. It's still a curved screen. At home, you're aware of it all the time. That's why I never exactly. liked it. So that's why I didn't think it. It went, it went the way of beta. That's what it went, man. Uh, what turns you off in construction, guys? Working with subtrades that don't give a fuck or that just complicate things and do what they want to do, not what I want them to do. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely. Dealing with difficult personalities, <laughs> for sure. What is your favorite curse word? It can be used in a phrase. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck off's a good one, for sure. What's your favorite vehicle to get stolen? Anything in the world. <laughs> no, what's your favorite vehicle? Me? I'd probably a Porsche. Which one? Any particular? I like uh, the new Targas that are coming out. Bring it back. Targas are cool. Bit. I like 911s, yeah. I'd like to see a Targa rough. They brought back a rough RUF. Yeah, definitely. I'd be fucking nice with a nice whale tail on it. Definitely. That'd be sweet. I like uh, full-size luxury big boy cars. Probably an E63 AMG is my favorite car. They just redesigned it. All the computer chips went into those cars and the S-Class. I, I feel like that's a good hybrid between like a luxury. That's where all the chips are going. Yeah, no, Mercedes. <laughs> it's a good luxury vehicle and it's still sporty as well. So. No, it's very nice. Uh, what's your least favorite vehicle, guys? <sighs> Honda. Honestly, anything Honda. Honda in general, yeah. I know, gone are the Honda days of Prelude and CRX. I used to love Hondas when I was younger, but not anymore. Everybody did. Yeah. Uh, I called an Uber the other day, and he picked me up in a Tesla, and this thing was a piece of shit. It was yeah, I hear you know Everything yeah, was Tesla's flimsy. And I feel like the thing was going to fall apart. Just I don't like Teslas. And it's funny because I have money in Tesla stocks, which are taking a beating right now. But I believe in the company. I just don't like their product. What construction sound or noise do you guys love? I'm not really on site much. So <laughs> um, what sound do I like? I guess my computer booting up in the morning because I'm about to get started. But uh, that's you know my construction I like? site. I, I, I like silence. I don't like buzzing. If your lights are buzzing, they're probably going to fail. <laughs> dimmers, I like silence. Dimmers that buzz or dimmer. Yeah, I know. What, uh, what sound or noise do you guys hate? Multi-tool. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. It's the worst sound in the world. Sewing machine. Yeah. 
The weed whacker of tools, eh? Yeah, it's, but it's so fucking handy, that thing. I know, but it's only the the fine. The fine. Only the fine. I bet you there's a huge decibel level between the fine and the other ones that are on the market. 100%. Well, I've had the Bosch, DeWalt. I have Once a Bosch, I've had the DeWalt, and I have a fine, and I still always... Is the fine quieter? It is quieter. And easier on, easier on your yeah, vibration. Yeah. They, well, that's I, I had a DeWalt bucks. before Nuno came into the picture. No, uh, DeWalt's like the worst sewing machine. Like, it's bad, man. Yeah. They're bad, all bad. bad. Yeah. Uh, what profession, other than your own, would you guys like to attempt one day? I used to be a chef before lighting. I think I'd like to explore that again, maybe when I'm a little bit older. Retirement. Nice. Go back into cooking at some level. Maybe you want a restaurant. I don't want to cook, but I'll operate it. Develop the, the menu, but that's about it. I like real estate, real estate investing. I own a few properties, rental properties, and that's my passion. Aside from this company and construction, I definitely love everything real estate. What profession would you guys not like to do? I'd say drywall. <laughs> yeah, that's a given for sure. I've done enough of it. Drywall? But you yeah, he tells me all the stories. Light in so. drywall, then I guess you got to have a conversation with all the drywallers, letting them know that you have to leave a channel here, right? So one of our employees um, was actually a drywall taper for many years, learned from my father because my father was a drywall taper. He just recently retired. I used to do drywall taping since I was fucking 12 years old. So I've been, all I've ever known is construction. I've done so many different things. And here I am in technology. It was always like a gradual progression in the right direction, I feel. But still integrating into drywall. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I forgot my lap. Oh, what, what God would say to me. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. I guess I, I want him to say, hey, put some catcher in my fucking bedroom. <laughs> 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 I just wanted to tell me, no, no, you did a good job, buddy. Ah, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. I'm so glad you guys finally made it on the show. This has been Thanks very educational, us. and people need to understand that, and clients need to respect it. And uh, I know electricians always say respect the power, but there's also a lot of connection here, man. Hundred percent. This is the next level, man. So everyone, check them out. Assembly No E A S S M B L Y Inc. And it's also info at assemblyinc.com. And on Instagram, it's at Assembly Inc. Uh, I think that's it, man. Anything else? No. I think that's it, yeah. It was a pleasure Thank uh, you, being man. here. Thanks Thank for you for having us on. I've always uh, respected the way you've conducted yourself. I feel like... Um, Most of the time. When I started off on my own <laughs> in like 2014, I, that's when I found out about you, 2015, 16. <laughs> used to say that you used to get into problems with all these sub-trades because, you know, you're not taking shit. And I was kind of that guy. And I'm like, well, I'm not the only one who's like sick for wanting things done right. And, you know, it's comforting, I guess. You make a lot of friends. Yeah. <laughs> You do. You make a lot of friends who are like-minded, but you also make a lot of... Uh, you make a lot of enemies. You burn a lot of bridges you don't, don't want anyway. I don't want to work with them. That's as simple as that, man. You got to find your circle of people that you want to work with. So I've always uh, respected that about you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you. We are out of here. Thank you, Angelina. We're done.